this morning. Welcome to Broadway Baptist Church. It's great to see everyone here this morning. Uh, we are glad that you're here uh, with us. To those worshiping with us online, welcome as well. Uh, we are Glad to rejoice and praise our risen Savior uh, this morning. Again, it is great to see uh, so many people uh, here in the pews to worship. Uh, may every Sunday be uh, refreshing for our souls. Uh, we truly need this. Uh, the call to be a Christian uh, is a call to gather, and uh, it is essential for us. So uh, if you would please stand for the reading of the word. And upon completion, please remain standing. Just a couple verses this morning. I'll be reading from Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 and 28. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Sing together. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed and so happy and His child and forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the to bow in your presence this morning and to be able to sing that song, Redeemed. How special and how precious is that because we have an assurance of the gift of eternal life 
and that you never abandon nor forsake us, that you're always with us, whether it's in the sunshine or the rain, or whether it's on the mountaintop or in the valley. You are God. And so we come to praise you and to thank you. Father, perhaps some have lost the joy about salvation. And we would pray this morning that the Holy Spirit may move within our hearts in such a way that the joy of thy salvation might be restored unto us and that we might walk closely with you and faithful unto you. Lord, again, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for this church. Thank you for her ministry. And we thank you for our church family. Lord, there are special needs among us today. And Father, you are aware of those needs. And we ask your will according, Lord, to each individual. We pray for our nation these days that are ahead, extremely important. We pray, Father, that the vaccines may be soon available unto us. All of these things, Lord, that are so vitally important. Bless our leaders and beginning here in our church and throughout all those that are in places of responsibilities. We pray for our pastor as he brings your message this morning. May the Holy Spirit touch our hearts, prick our hearts. And Father, if there be one here today that does not know you as their Savior and Lord, that this would be the day they would turn unto you, receive you as Savior and Lord. Breathe upon us, O Spirit of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
all children to come forward for children's sermon. If you are a child here, if you're a guest here, what we do is we do children's sermon. Children's sermon is for children birth through fifth grade. So you, you will come on down, you'll run up on the stage, and you sit up here, and we're going to talk about strawberries. Right, and we will have to have a contestant. So all children, this is your time to shine and you come on down in the service. Anyone else? All right. I'm going to read a Bible verse. It's going to be the verse of Scripture that we are uh, talking about here. And then we're going to look at these items right here. Let's take a look and see what we got going on. We've got a bag of strawberries and we have... Oops, all berries, and we'll see what that is. All right, I'm going to leave this microphone here, so we, we will talk about, uh, we'll have somebody uh, say our prayer here. All right, here's our Bible verse I'm going to read. This is about fruit. Who here likes fruit? Can anybody name a fruit? Any? Yes, sir. That's just what I needed. That's the exact fruit I'm talking about this morning. All right, Jesus said, here we go, Matthew 7, 16, you'll recognize them by their fruit. So that's what the Bible verse says, you will recognize them. So in the Bible, what does it mean by we will recognize them by their fruit? Anybody know that? Mr. Sullivan. That's right, children, and not only that was it would be children, it's like you will know who a real believer is. You'll know a phony versus a real believer by their fruit. And the fruit might not be strawberries that Jesus is talking about. He might be talking about doing good deeds in the way we live our life. So what would be a good deed? Anybody know a good deed? Anybody? Does anybody know to? Yes, ma'am. Getting some candy. That would be good. Some candy. Yes, ma'am. A good deed. Yes, ma'am. Helping others in need. Any other good deeds? That's a very good point. Any other? Any other? Yes, ma'am. Help people. Absolutely. So we help others. And we honor our mother and our father, and we obey God. And these are good deeds that we will be recognized and we will be known by our fruit. So let's just see here. We've got some. I need a contestant. 
Fortune, why don't you come on down? Fortune, are you a first grader? And you go to Coventry Oaks Elementary School, right? And how old are you? Six, seven years old? Six years old, so you're very small. Almost about, and when is your birthday? It's coming up soon. Okay. You know, one of the great things about people who are almost seven is they know something fake versus something real. So let's take a look at what we have. This here is called Captain Crunch. It's called Oops All Berries. And what happened, Captain Crunch, you know, he puts berries in a cereal, but somehow, like, he fell over and all the berries fell into the cereal. So this is filled with fruit, including fortune, the red ones, which are strawberries. It has blueberries, it has green berries, it has all sorts of all the different flavors there. And this is real fruit, all right? So you take a good look. That there is, oops, all berries. This here is a bag of strawberries. Do y'all like strawberries? No. These are also real, real fruit. Fortune, you are going to pick. Now, just like that Bible verse told us, you will know them by our fruit. Fortune, now here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at those. We've got a bag of strawberries, and we've got a whole box of fruit right there in that big box called Oops, All Berries with Captain Crunch. You're going to pick one, and if you pick the real one, then you'll get the slick which item you would like to take home with you. Way to go. Is that right? Is that the real fruit? So, children, is this not, are these not strawberries? No, they're not. This is cereal. It's fake strawberries. And just like Jesus told us, he will know us by the real deal. And you're right, that's the real fruit. So, Fortune, which one of these would you rather have? You actually want the real strawberries? <laughs> then, oops. My goodness, Fortune, because of that, I'm just going to give you both of them. There you go. You get a box of cereal and real strawberries. All right, and Fortune, would you like to say our closing prayer? You got a bag of goods there, so you just put them right there. Fortune's going to say our closing prayer, and then you just pray in the microphone, and then we'll go downstairs, and we will get our candy. So let's bow our heads. This is microphone number five. Bow our heads and close our eyes. And that concludes our children's sermon. Congratulations on winning your prizes. Thank you. This is. All right, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for this day that you made us to come and worship your word, O oh Lord. That as we keep on learning your word, O oh Lord, that you keep us in good hands and make us follow you more, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray for you, and in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, children. Y'all just come on down right there and get your candy. Watch out, that bag's open. And let's sing together our God is an awesome from heaven up.
what he says in Ephesians. I'm going to read verses 4 through 8, Ephesians 1. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. What an awesome God. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of
And I pray, Father, that as we worship you, our hearts and minds are focused totally on Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen. You may be seated. I'm always delighted to have Janine sing. Janine and her daughter Hannah are going to share with us at this time. Love will be our home.
you, Janine. Thank you so much, Hannah, for that. That is, that is outstanding. It certainly does, certainly does apply in our lives. We loved us, certainly set the course for everything. I greatly appreciate that in your family. If you have your Bible, open up to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, and then in a little bit we're going to flip over and we're going to also look at 1 John chapter 4. Um, I want to call attention to you, if you have a bulletin, hopefully if you don't have a bulletin, they're right back there, you know, we used to hand out bulletins, now we just set them there on the Welcome Center, you just run back there to the Welcome Center. For our online crowd, hopefully somebody shares, uh, there's always three things you want to share on the online, you want to share a bulletin, put there on our Facebook Live group, uh, we have a link to our online bulletin, as well as our giving link, as well as our um, online connection card, so... Uh, for our, on our online audience with that. And I do appreciate your faithful giving to our church. Your faithfulness certainly helps us reach our city and our community for the gospel. We used to pass an offering plate. We do not do that anymore. Uh, we have black boxes here in the back, so when you exit, you can put up there at the Welcome Center as well as our ushers are holding our offering plates. You can drop those off. As well as for our guests in person, we have connection cards. It helps us. Uh, if you fill that out and drop an offer plate, we can certainly be in touch with you. So I will be referencing uh, that here. Man, I'm going to take a special time and I'm going to pray for our Supreme Court and our upcoming election. I, uh, one of the things I pride myself on is I, I do not think I have missed a single election in my life. I've been very proud of that. And to this morning, I, I kept that streak going. Um, here in Kentucky, our governor has encouraged folks to request what they call an absentee ballot. Absentee ballots are only sent to you if you request them. You have to be a registered voter. You have to provide your, I think, your driver's license. There, there's security protocols, so they just don't mail them out to everybody in the entire state. About three weeks ago, Sherry and I requested ours. We received them in the mail yesterday on our way to church today. We stopped by. There's a post office in front of the uh, North Lime Donuts, the Bluegrass Baking Company there, and we dropped it off and we, we voted for our president and all the elections by mail this morning. I want to encourage you, you need to vote. We are 44 days from election. I just see in our country there will be uh, uncertainty, chaos almost in this country for the next 44 days. Every day there's going to be breaking news. Something crazy is going to happen. We as believers, we are called to our civic duty. We are called to be good citizens. And one of that, one of the ways you participate in our democracy is you are expected and should vote. And one of the reasons I grew up in Alabama and I remember going to Vestavia Hills High School with my parents and I would go there into the school and I would watch my mom and dad go behind the little polling little booth and vote. Moms, dads, grandparents, you need to take your children when you go vote. Now, there's where I'm going somewhere with this. There's only six polling locations here in um, Fayette County this, uh, uh, this uh, fall for the voting. So the governor has encouraged everybody to vote by mail, uh, by absentee ballot. You need to show your children and your grandchildren that you vote, that you go to the polling place, that you actually cast a ballot. Because children will see mom and dad grew up voting. When they get 18 and beyond, they also need to be voting. And that's very important. We as believers certainly need to be, certainly need to participating in, the, in, our, in, our, um, in our elections with that. 
Maybe you're here and you don't want to go stand in line in one of the six polling locations and you, you don't know how to do the absentee. You give me a call this week, I will help you request an absentee ballot. You could make an appointment and come up to your office, I'd go online for you and show you, walk you through the steps so you can have one sent to you by mail. Now, if you are not registered to vote, the deadline to register is October 5th. The deadline to request an absentee ballot is October 9th. So you only have about three more weeks to do this. So you need to go and do that this week. And you have to have it postmarked by November 3rd. It's very important as we as citizens uh, um, participate in the electoral process and even teach our children and grandchildren to do the same. It's, uh, it's, um, it's a must in many ways. I had a friend in Georgia. He would gripe and complain all the time. I'm not going to say his name because he's a Facebook Live customer. I'll change his name to John. And he would go on and gripe all the time about politics. And I finally said, I said, John, do you even vote? Do you know what he said? No, I didn't get around to it this year. I thought, oh my goodness. Here you spend all this time talking, griping, complaining about politics, and you don't even vote. Listen, if you don't vote, you shouldn't even be talking about politics. So the step one to even have the politics conversation is you've got to cast your ballot. So you need to be doing that this next couple of weeks. Be thinking about if you're going to vote in person on November 3rd, do the advanced voting or request an absentee ballot. Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away on Friday. We have nine Supreme Court justices. She passed away. She was 87 years old. And, you know, add uh, more uncertainty to our political season. It will now go up even a level the next 44 days. I want to pray, uh, take time to pray for our Supreme Court. Uh, I think this is very important. One of the most important things a president certainly does, as well as the Senate, which here in Kentucky... The Senate Majority leader, leader, as you all know this, is from Kentucky. They confirm justices. So we as, a, we as citizens, we need to make sure we are lifting up our senators and our president in prayer, especially during the season as we enter this um, political appointment time and for the Ginsburg family. So let's, I want to take time to pray for our Supreme Court and pray for the upcoming elections. So let's bow our heads and we'll pray for our nation. Lord, we pray for our nation. We pray that we will be good citizens who vote, who do not get trapped and just caught up in the political uh, just dialogue that is so toxic today. We as believers are called to be civil, are called to be godly. We're called to pray, as 1 Peter chapter 4 tells us. We are to pray for those who are in authority over us. We pray for our president. We pray for our Congress. We pray for the Supreme Court. They make decisions that affect us. Lord, we pray that we as believers will be diligent in voting, that we will take the time to make this part of our life this fall. Lord, I just pray that these next 44 days that our country will come together and um, quit having 
this either or, just viewing each other as enemies. Lord, we are called as Americans, even if we don't agree with someone politically, that does not define whether or not they're going to heaven or hell. That does not define their salvation in Christ. Lord, I just pray for us as believers, and us as, also as Americans, that we will honor our government. Lord, we pray for these next 44 days here in our country. Pray for the Ginsburg family as they are saddened with the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the other Supreme Court justices as they are mourning her loss. Lord, we lift them up and pray they turn to you during this period. We give you this service as we turn and see what Matthew chapter 7 has to say for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 7. We're also going to be in 1 John chapter 4. In my prayer, I prayed that voting does not determine whether or not you or who you vote for does not determine whether or not you're going to heaven. And Jesus answers that, and he makes it very clear, and we're about to see it. You might not know that based on um, some things you watch on TV, but do you know it determines whether or not someone goes to heaven? If they have a relationship, if they have been saved, if they have trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. That is what defines someone's salvation. It's not whether or not they vote or not vote or who they vote for. That's not the prerequisite that Jesus gave us. And we're about to see that right here. If you're joining us here this morning, we are going through the Sermon on the Mount. Next week, we will conclude it. But today, we are going to be looking at these verses about what it takes to enter the kingdom of God. So turn in your Bible, Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. I want to read verse 12 because verse 12 is what we call the golden rule. The golden rule says, Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them, for this is the law and the prophets. Meaning, if you treat people kindly, many times in turn, guess what they will do? They will be kind back to you. If you treat people with respect, which is something we've lost today, in kind, they will treat you with respect. Jesus is telling us, the way you want to be treated, you should go about your life in treating others the same way. You treat people like garbage, they might treat you that way. You just never know. But we are called to treat people in a respectful, civil manner that we also want to be treated. So then Jesus now is going to talk about how we go to heaven. Verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the road is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life. And few find it. Be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruit. That's what we read in our children's sermon today. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. 
A good tree can't produce bad fruit, neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So you'll recognize them by their fruit, is what Jesus is telling us. We know people by their fruit. If they're a strawberry, we'll know. That's a real strawberry. Not everyone who says to me, look at this, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many miracles in your name? Then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. Jesus is quoting there Psalm 6, 8. Jesus tells us that there's these two paths. There is a narrow gate. There's a wide gate. There's a narrow road. There's a broad road. The way of salvation, what Jesus is saying, we find salvation, meaning we go to heaven, we go to the kingdom through the narrow gate, through the narrow road. He's saying it's hard, it's difficult. Few people find it. So he's drawing a contrast here that if you just drift on through your life, year 2020, you just take it each week, whatever goes on, just agree with whatever you hear, just go along, you will find yourself drifting along this broad road through this big wide gate. And he says that gate, that road, if you aren't careful, if you aren't aware of where you're going, it leads to destruction. Meaning there is this wide road that leads to hell. Jesus is making a contrast here. In your bulletin, I did some Google research. You can do this too. According to Google, there are 7.8 billion people on earth. Not million, billion. That's 2020 numbers. 7.8 billion people. Of those, 7.8, 2.5 billion claim to be Christians. So let's think about those numbers. You almost have 8 billion people on earth. 2.5 billion claim to be Christians. Now, the definition of Christian, according to Google, that's a big, broad definition. That includes every possible denomination, every branch of Christianity. You can create your own branch of Christianity, and they'll put that in that, uh, that category there. That is 32% of our planet. Now, let me ask, do you believe one-third of our planet is Christian? Now, I mean, these are born, you know, do we believe? One out of three people have been born again, and they have a relationship. They've been saved by the blood of Jesus. I don't believe that those numbers. One out of three. If one-third of this world was Christian, it would look radically different than it does right now. 
That means two-thirds are lost, one-third is saved. And I think what happens is there's all these people, 2.5 billion, that somehow affiliate with Christianity. And what Jesus is telling you and I this morning in this verse is that there's going to be these people that on paper, they have checked the box, just like I voted this morning. You check who you want to vote for. You check which religion you ascribe to. But that is not saving faith in Christ. Just like voting does not save you, checking a box of what religion you are does not save you. You can walk this aisle at invitation time, and Brother Hurd and I will give you a form, and you can check, I'd like to receive Jesus as my Savior. But again, that does not save your online crowd. You can fill out that online connection card and check the little box, I'd like to get saved. But again, that does not save you. Filling out the form. And the fear is, we could have people all over Lexington that are jam-packed full in churches, sitting in pews, maybe even holding their Bibles, holding their hymnals, and they're not saved. They have not been born again. They have not experienced saving salvation that Jesus offers. And what Jesus says, what's going to happen, there's going to be all these people that they're going to, they're going to pass away and they're going to confidently stand before God. And they're going to say, look at these words here, what they'll say. In verse 22, this is horrifying, these verses. On that day, many, not a few, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Meaning, it wasn't in my name, it was in Jesus. We even used your name. I taught Sunday school in the name of Jesus. I stood up in service in the name of Jesus. Didn't I drive out a demon in your name? Meaning, the name of Jesus has authority. A lost person could actually use the name of Jesus and drive out a demon. It's what Jesus is saying. You don't even have to be saved to perform an exorcism. Because it's not you doing it. It's Jesus' name that's, that drives out a demon. And do many miracles. A miracle could actually be performed by a lost person in the name of Jesus. Again, it's not your name, your words that are doing it. It's His name. These people will stand before God and they'll start talking about their good works that they did. And of course, in Jesus' name. And Jesus says, I, I will look at them in verse 23 and announce, I never knew you. I never knew you. Meaning, you used my name. You went through some religious experiences. You attended some religious services. But you yourself never were saved by the blood of Jesus. Jesus is saying there will be people, possibly in that 2.5 billion people on earth, that affiliate with Christianity, 
who think they're saved, but in fact are not. He's making a contrast between this civil, generic religion versus true salvation. True salvation is when you have had Christ come and save you of your sins. You've repented, you've placed your faith in Jesus, and He has saved you. He's changed your life. You no longer live the way you used to live. You live for Him. Salvation is a change. You were once lost, you're now saved. You were once living for yourself and had these evil desires and things you used to do. You turned from that and you now live a holy, godly life. He said salvation is a narrow road. It's difficult. You will be rejected. It's not popular. It's not what you want to see on the news. It's not what's most common at school. You will be excluded. You will be different. Because you are called, first and foremost, to live for Christ. Not for our culture. Not for drifting along. This wide road, you just go along. I have it here up on the screen. Here's what the wide road looks like. This is what a wide gate and this broad road looks like. It's not narrow in its thinking. Your thinking is very, as Christians, it's very exclusive. Meaning, there is only one way to salvation. And that's Christ. You know, the Bible tells us, God said it. That settles it. I believe it. That's literally how our thinking should go. So what happened? God says something. God has made it clear. That settles the issue. If God says something, then it's settled. You should know what you believe. You should not wonder what right or wrong is. You should not live your life in this gray zone, gray area. Well, that could be this, that could be... No. God has, God's word is settled. It's done. It's sealed. And if it's settled, then we as Christians, we believe it. It's not up for debate. It's not us, up for us to wonder, well, I, could, I guess I could go along with that. I sort of see his perspective. No. Christ is telling us, if something has been settled by the Bible, then we as Christians, we must follow along because God said so. And we as believers, we follow the Lord. So our thinking, in many ways, it is very narrow. It's narrow based on Scripture. We don't live our lives just by what a scientist says. If science will line up with Scripture, if a scientist tells us there's no God, Obviously, that doesn't line up with Scripture, so we reject that science. The Bible tells us that the heavens, the stars, point to the existence of the Lord. We know there's God because of creation. 
All right? This is another example of the wide gate and the broad road. It's open-minded with universalism. Universalism is everyone is going to heaven, everyone can believe whatever they want to believe, and you just want to have an open mind about it. Don't be closed-minded. We are told that. We as believers reject universalism. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. There is one way for salvation. That is a conviction that the Bible tells us we hold to. We are saved by no other name. When you have conversations with people, you want to turn those conversations to Jesus because why? Jesus saves. Jesus is our salvation. When you pray, you pray in Jesus' name. There's power in His name. We're not praying to some generic God out there. No. The God we're praying to is the Father of Jesus. <clears throat> Why gate also? It's morally not restrictive. You know, how dare you tell someone what they're doing is wrong? How dare you have the authority to declare someone is living an immoral lifestyle? But do you know that's what the whole Bible is about? God's people are called to holiness. If you know of someone that professes faith in Christ, they are to live their life by the settled Word of God. And you have the authority in God's Word to say, Thus saith the Lord. You're not doing it to condemn them. You're doing it to point out this is what God's plan is for your life. There's a moral standard that sets us apart from the rest of the world that's going down the wide road. It's called godliness. It's holiness. It's sanctification. This is our life. Is very, in many ways, we have guardrails that God has placed up so we don't just go wreck our lives. Because you will, the Bible says. You'll find yourself going down a road. And you'll run off of it. But Christ says, I've given you your, my word so you know what is right and wrong. This is something we teach our children and your grandchildren. They need to know what's right and wrong. They need to know what appropriate marriage is. It's between a man and a woman. They need to know that thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not lie. You do not watch garbage on TV. You do not look at these sites on the internet. There's right and there's wrong. And we teach this to our children and grandchildren. Because I want you to know, if you, and I keep saying this, if you don't do it, who else is? You teach your children, we as Americans in a democracy, weirdest thing in the world, but children, we're staying on our way to church tomorrow, we're voting in the mail. But we got our ballots, they're watching us, take a picture as well, it's on Facebook this morning. You document it, so we voted. Children, when you get 18, you register and you vote. That's important. 
When you, you teach your children, when you, teenagers, you bring your children to church. You get involved in Zach's youth group. You get involved in Miss Sherry's children's choir and the children's ministry we have there and Chris's college ministry. You come along learning God's Word. Because why? God has a moral plan for our lives. But you will only hear about it here. won't hear about it anywhere else. I promise. Not only that, spiritually, this is the broad road, spiritually, it's all-inclusive. Meaning, all religions do not go to heaven. All religions are not praying to the same God. All religions aren't just climbing up the top of a mountain, and then we get to the top and go, oh, look, it was just one of many paths that just led us up here. and We're all here at the top of the mountain, ready to go to heaven. No, Jesus is it. He is the only way. This is why we do missions in evangelism, because someone who is of another religion or no religion or is, believes in science is their religion, our responsibility is to clearly communicate that Jesus is their only hope. And I want you to know, if they reject that message, they are not rejecting you. They don't reject you. Who are they rejecting? They're rejecting God and Jesus. You're, we're just, I'm just a messenger. You're a messenger. Our responsibility is to be the voice of what the Bible has, has said. I just relay, when you come to church, if you hear sermons that are not based on the Bible, you did not go to church. If you're singing songs and you're hearing prayers that aren't based on Jesus, you're not at a Christian worship service. And I'm afraid there's a lot of churches, maybe in our city, they aren't, the preachers aren't preaching the Bible. They're preaching social justice. They're preaching politics. They're preaching be a good person, help the poor. Those are all good things. But again, that's not saving faith. That doesn't get you into the kingdom. Yes, God is just. Yes, we need to help the poor. Yes, we need to vote. But again, saving faith is solely Jesus Christ. I heard amen for that. Absolutely. Turn your Bibles to 1 John. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. The Bible here warns us about sheep that are being described, are being um, dressed up as, and they're really false prophets, and they're disguised. Look what it says here. 1 John 4, verses 1 through 3. There is a spirit of an antichrist all around this world. He's here today, and we need to be aware if we're hearing it and listening to it. Now, in the Bible... The word antichrist is used in two different ways. The lowercase antichrist is the spirit of antichrist. It's basically this worldly, uh, it's, just, it's just drifting along, just media, it's just everywhere you go, you're told what to do. Subconsciously, you don't even realize it. You're told at work. And you're just drifting along through life, and you think, well, this is what we do. And if you're not careful, you'll find yourself drifting down this path, and it's called the spirit of the Antichrist. 
And it doesn't line up with Scripture. And then in the book of Revelation, the word Antichrist is used, and it's capitalized, and that's the Antichrist who is coming during end time. So this is the spirit of the Antichrist. It's this atmosphere of sin throughout our world. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they're from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. That is the standard. The people who are of God confess Jesus. They point people to Jesus. Verse 3. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming even now is already at work in the world. So the spirit of the Antichrist is here in 2020. It is our culture. It's been here since the creation, since Adam and Eve. It's been in the garden. It's though Satan's working throughout this world to lead people astray. And he wants to lead people down a wide road. And you will find yourself going down this road and you do not know Jesus and how I want to conclude this message is I want you to be able to look at this picture right here. I've got a picture. Are we able to show it? And I want you to be able, when, when the picture comes up, oh, there it is. Is that a sheep? Children, is that a sheep? Look at that picture there. Look at those sheep. That there is a wolf in sheep's clothing. That is what attacks you and I. We live our days with 99, 100 sheep all around, and there's going to be a wolf that's even disguised as a sheep. And that wolf is here to kill you and I. The wolf wants to destroy your marriage. It wants to rob your children and your grandchildren of their innocence. It wants to teach them to believe in science instead of God. It wants to teach your children of basically universalism and that anything and every belief goes. It's this atmosphere all around us. And it's leading you down a wide road, a big gate. And remember, sheep are easily led. And all it takes is one wolf to sneak into a pen and say, hey, sheep, let's go down this way. Let's go here. Jesus tells us he is the good shepherd. And if you and I aren't careful, an online crowd, you too, you will find yourself. You've been attacked. Your family's been attacked through addiction, through pornography, through alcoholism, through falling out of church, through becoming negative, through believing all roads lead to Jesus. Whatever crazy belief it is out there that you used to learn biblical principles, but then something happened. Someone came along and now you believe this. And whatever this is, it does not line up with this book. We are guided by the Word of God. And I want to, I want to conclude this. 
That wolf is amongst you in your life. And he wants to destroy you spiritually. And what Jesus is telling us, you will know them by their fruit. Wolves don't produce fruit. Wolves don't go around talking about how much they love Jesus. Wolves don't travel the narrow road. Jesus this morning is calling you to take the narrow road, the narrow gate, and to be aware of the wolf. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus. If you want to respond and you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life, you walk this aisle, you come take my hand, or I'll touch your shoulder instead of taking hands, and you can pray and receive Jesus. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Online crowd, you reach out to us and let us know how you want to respond. Jesus is calling you home. He's calling you to turn from your sin and to turn to His Son. Lord, I pray this morning, our invitation, if there's anyone here, that needs to say yes to you. They need to respond with boldness and courage. They need to recognize there's wolves disguised all around them. Lord, you've called us to go down the narrow road. A narrow gate. Lord, we don't want to be led astray with the spirit of the Antichrist. Lord, you're calling us home. And that's a kingdom life that's based on you, Jesus. Lord, your word is settled. Settle it in our hearts this morning. Don't let us walk out of here. Anyone here, walk out of here with, with uncertainty, not knowing how to be saved. Lord, we give you this invitation. Pray if there's anybody here, and there is. People that need to come forward, take my hand. Make this their church home. Get baptized in a few months. Pray they will certainly do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. David Dale's going to lead us in a song. We close every single service now with an invitation. I stand down front. You come forward and make your decision public. This is your time. If you want to join Broadway Baptist Church, you can become a member. And you always need to have a church home. And this is a great church for you to be a part of. You just come down here and talk to me. So let's stand up. David's going to lead us in a song. And I'll be, Brother Hurt and I will be down front waiting for you.
much, Miss Gail, for that. I'm going to ask everybody to be seated real quick. Dennis, Jenny, y'all come. Some, uh, Emily, y'all come stand up here real quick. And uh, God's always moving here at Broadway Baptist Church, and always exciting to see new folks join and transfer their membership here to our church. We have a wonderful church for you and your family to certainly be a part of. This is the Arndt family. This here is Dennis, Janine, and Emily. They're part of our music ministry, including singing this morning. Did an outstanding job with, as well as with, uh, with Hannah as well. But they are members, all three of them, this family, is members at Gonneau Baptist Church in Georgetown. They recently moved down here, so we are excited for them to be a part of Broadway Baptist Church and them uh, be connecting very much in our music ministry. Um, also, uh, Janine has a food ministry she helps out serve with, so very encouraged with heavenly blessings, so certainly a blessing for that. If you are excited for the Arndt family for coming and transferring their membership here to Broadway Baptist Church, will you join me in saying amen? Amen. amen. That's very encouraging. We always have a receiving line. It's a little unusual now. So in a minute, I believe David Dale has a closing song. Do we have any, annou any final announcements, David, of things going on? Uh, you know, Wednesday night church, we were meeting here at 6.30. Choir, 6.30. Youth group with Zach at 6 o'clock. That's all going on on Wednesday evening. So uh, very, very encouraged, uh, very encouraged about that. So that's our next service to be on Wednesday night. What we'll do is after we have our closing song, we have a receiving line. So you'll just line up. And you'll certainly congratulate the Arndt family for being a part of our church family. All right, David. We began the service this morning singing Redeemed. Let's stand together and sing that chorus. Thank you so much. Everybody will come by and shake y'all's hands.